Hi, this is Ken Scott, and you're listening to Fab Four Free For All. And welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All, the uh, all Beatles-related talk show on the internet. I thought you were going to say the all-you-can-eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a veritable Beatles buffet, it is. I don't anyway. think so. You don't uh, want to eat here, believe a me. A borgeschmord. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, I am your moderator for uh, this episode of Fab Four Free For All. The background is giving away our topic, but joining me for this episode, as they always do, are my good friends, Mr. That's Rob Leonard. <laughs> and my good friend, Mr. Mitch Axelrod. Who may be on either side. I never remember with the Zoom. It doesn't matter. Mirror stuff. Anyway, um, on this week's episode, this will be our seventh uh, episode of doing um, listener phone calls. We, we always have fun doing these, uh, eh. I'd say. And <laughs> no, I think we do. And no, we, we, get, do, we get good questions. We get we good get questions from the audience. Yeah. We and, get amazing you know? questions. And, and I think our audience um, enjoys uh, doing it too because they keep calling in with the questions. Um, and we're glad they do. And they throw jelly babies at us, which is always, anyway. Um, so we've gotten some good questions, and I've, I've gathered some of them up. So shall we peruse and listen to some Don't of them? Don't use big words, please. Shall we, like, listen to some of the episodes, uh, listen to some of the yeah. questions there? Yeah, that's yeah right. sure. All right, let's go. Here we are. All right. Um, let's, let's, let's get to this first question right now. Hi, Tony, Mitch, Rob. My name is Ray. I'm calling from Connecticut. And here's my official question. Just recently, it's been the 50th anniversary of the Beatles breakup, and we all know the possibilities of what led to that happening. But I'd like to know this. It's very tough, but if you three can pinpoint where it all started to fall apart, of course, it created a domino effect afterwards. But again, I'd like to hear that. Also, I have a part two to this. In retrospect, do you think the breakup in 1970 is still heartbreaking, or do you think it's now a blessing? It's a tough call, though. But I really like to, like to know. Thanks, and keep up the good work, you guys. Peace. Wow. Interesting. Very good. I like that question. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, sort, of, we've sort of tackled that before a little bit, but... Um, in some ways. Yeah, in different, different perspectives. Um, I don't know if, if it's all right. I'll, I'll for me. Yeah, go ahead. I tend to pinpoint, and it, it, it. Sometimes I feel bad saying this in a way because I'm not. I'm not trying to to pin it on anybody in any way, shape, or form. But there's often talk about that moment at the end of of the last show, Candlestick Park. They get on the plane, and I think it was either on the plane or in the limo to the plane or something, but. George Harrison says, that's it. I'm not a Beatle anymore. So I think, it, you know, to some degree, obviously when they're out touring, there was, there was camaraderie. They, they were all in, in, you know, staying in the same hotels. They were all sort of, there was like this kind of enforced reinforcement of that, that four-headed monster that you always talk about, you know. Um, so I think that was kind of a, a, one of the start points. The other point I could pin it to for me would also be definitely the death of Brian Epstein, I think was, was a major change, but that's, those are kind of the two things I would pick as being the start point. 
Yeah, you know, I think you're right about the uh, Brian Epstein. I mean, uh, you know, I, I kid around and half-heartedly say that yesterday was the end of the Beatles, a beginning of the end, because, uh, you know, Capitol wanted him to do a solo album, and he didn't, he didn't want to. It wasn't him that did it. It was other people, you know, uh, Max. And they wanted him to do an album with Brian, Ep- uh, with, uh, Brian Wilson, too. To- well, yeah, and Brian Epstein, yeah. And Brian Epstein. <laughs> All no, Brian. Brian Wilson, Brian Wilson. Well, Brian yeah. Wilson had a single c- credited to him for Caroline No. So yes. That yes. is something but, to think about. Yeah, but the thing, yeah, but I, I do think the Beach Boys are a different animal here. But, yeah, Brian uh, Wilson. I do too. But in any case, um, I do think also Brian Epstein's death, you know, they really had no direction. Uh, Ringo used to say all the time, even before or after that Paul used to call up and say, Hey fellas, it's time to go back into the studio. And if he didn't, you know, they wouldn't have gone back as often. So I think they were all growing up. Um, and in general that broke them up. But I do think that after Brian died and Paul having to coax them in and, you know, maybe them having a little resentment for Paul there because he was the one always calling and saying, come in, like taking the leader role, you know, even though he wasn't, he was just saying, let's go record. So, they might have perceived it that way. So I think Brian's death had a lot to do with, uh, with the beginning of the end of the Beatles. Well, uh, I never thought of this before until this moment, but it's also the idea, too, that you went from someone like a Brian Epstein who is older than they are. They Not were. much older, though. No, but by a couple of years anyway. And, and yeah. he, you know, the, the guy in the smart suit and whatnot. And, in his style. Know, in his style, he, it's old. he was yes. much older. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the right, the years, the years were were not as as uh, severe as his difference in style, but they went from somebody who was older than them, quote, you know, bossing them around, to one of their peers bossing them around, and that and that's got and not bossing. You're not saying that Paul was bossing them around, but you know what I mean. Instead of Brian being the one to call him up and say, "Let's get ready for a session," and now it's someone your own age doing it. Well, no, forget about I mean, own age, I think, Tony. I think you're pure. I think it's just the fact that you, you had an outside force um, telling you you had to do something like, you know, daddy's calling and saying, do it. And you're the kids. Now, when one of the kids is telling you you have to do it instead of like daddy, it, you resent them a little bit because, you know, you, why are you telling us to do it? You know, yeah, dad right. used to tell us to do it. Now you're telling us. And it's, it, you know, harbors a little resentment, maybe. Yeah. That's true. I, I agree with uh, Brian Epstein dying. I think um, financially he wasn't the greatest manager in the world, but he knew how to present him. He was their protector. He did a lot of things for them that they didn't have to worry about. And then all of a sudden he dies and they have to start worrying about, you know, just paying taxes and starting corporations and, 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 and that type of thing. And you forget how, you know, there's a great line from the Ruddles. You know, he often held the band together, often by force. And <laughs> it was a joke, but, and I can't see Brian Epstein holding by force, but he, he would hold together by being there. John Lennon trusted him. They all trusted him. And I think that was very important for a band like this who, you know, went and changed the world. I do think that the May 9th meeting where Alan Klein is trying to convince Paul to sign up with the other three, I think that's where it starts really to fall apart even heavier because Paul's in-laws know who Alan Klein is. They know they, they worked in the same business and they know he's not the most honest guy in the world. And, and I think Paul was trying to tell them, Hey, this guy isn't the right guy. But at that point, you know, I can understand where John and 
George and Ringo would say, well, they're your family. You know, you know, I can understand that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, a few years later, John said in an interview, Paul was right about Klein. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think it's Alan Klein <laughs> stepping in and, you know, I don't think it's Yoko as much. I think John had found someone to perform with to quote a line. Um, but you know, Linda was at a lot of those, uh, recording sessions too. So, right. you know, it, it didn't seem to bother him that much. Everyone goes back. So, Oh, look at that. Well, yeah, things change, you know, they change, they get the married, they fall in love, you know? So I think that's it. Um, the other part of the question, is it heartbreaking? Um, depends. Well, it depends. You know, every band, if you look at the history of literally every major band, from the Who to the Stones to everyone, literally every band has a, a break where they have to sue people, whether it's their record company, their former management, uh, or whatever. And this happens to many bands. And if you don't do it, you usually fall apart. And... If you think about what happened with, if let's say, you know, Alan Klein hadn't come around, what if they figured out, okay, we didn't make as much money, you know, what do we do about this? Do we back out of our deal with Brian and Nems and and stuff like that? I mean, the Who had to sue their manager. Uh, the Stones had to give up all their recordings and, and songwriting to get out of their contract with Klein. Well, I was going to say Alan Klein again. Yeah, yeah he, he keeps popping up. So to me, that... It's, it's just something that happens with music. And, and if you look back, it's the first time that something like this really happens in the rock world, you know? So, um, and was it heartbreaking? You know what was heartbreaking? When John Lennon was murdered, because it said that they were never going to get to get back together the way the four of them in a room. Um, you know, they had to break up before they could get back together. And that took until ni- the end of 1974 to do that, to legally do that. So to me, that, to me, that's where it sort of ends, but then it restarts. I and think, oh no, I'm sorry, bro. No, 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 go. No, I, I was going to say, I think what would have been, what would have been truly, you know, heartbreaking. I mean, aside from, from John, but I think what would have been truly heartbreaking would have been if they had limped along. Correct. Yes. No, uh, you're right. I mean, right. not, not for anything, but if they had, you know, Oh, all right, Paul, we'll go with Eastman. Oh, all right, we'll go with Klein. Oh, oh, all right, you have if your guy manager. If it was just a chore all the time. Or look, let's be, let's take this in. We, we know the contents of the, of the last board meeting. So if, right. they had, if they had not broken up and it became Lennon, Lennon, McCartney, McCartney, you know, et cetera, and they mm-hmm. kept going, would, it, would the music have possibly been, been affected? Um, would it have been a, or you can pick any four songs you want for the album and you can pick any four and George, you can pick any four and Richie, you can put two by who are other people or by yourself. So let's say they went on in that, in that democratic way. Would the Beatles have survived democracy? No, no. Right. I mean, because that's part of it is, is that, you know, here I wrote a song last night. Let's do it today. And, and the Beatles did that a lot often, you know, you know, Hard Day's Night is a great example. Well, or um, do, you, do they stop having the ability to say, gee, you know what, John, I, I don't really love that one. You got anything else? Right. No, you're and it right. would have become, right. you know what, these are my four. No, you're right. And, and, and what songs, like, could the Beatles have done um, Mother? 
you know, or, um, I don't know. Well, I was going to say God, but I'm sure, well, John originally wrote it without the, uh, I don't believe Beatles thing. So that's part of it. But well, you have to think about it. The Beatles could have, from a musical standpoint, the Beatles could have done anything. Oh, that's true. That's true. I'm talking about what they want to put their, their name name and face behind. Yeah. All right. So, you know, mother, I mean, there was nothing, there's nothing inherently wrong with Mother. I mean, so that was a personal. personal song for John. Yeah. yeah. But, but, like, but would I, George have gotten into that song doing his part? You know, I know Ringo did. He played the drums. But right, exactly. you know, would George and Paul really have gotten so into it if, you know, George had his parents until, you know, George had his mother until what? Or, or to be honest, would it, would or, it have even been that literal? Maybe, what would it have even been? You know what? I'm, I'm John. I'm on the song. Ringo's on the song. You know, and I'm, we're speculating, but you, what if they come to that agreement that they talk about during the press con- during the, the board meeting? And then what if it became, you know what, guys? If, if two of us are on it, it's a Beatles song. That's so true. here we go. We did Mother Hate. Richie and I just recorded this funky track. Paul, what do you think? And Paul would go, damn, great track. Okay. You know, but, all right. I just think for me, Paul says, I just recorded Teddy Boy, and John goes, Well, that's crap, but okay. You, yeah, right. uh, you know what? I think for me, obviously, to have them go on would have been amazing, but I think they, um, it would have been a little heartbreaking because, well, maybe not heartbreaking, is that that may not be the word, but I think what would have happened is that they they always like to top themselves every album. Paul said, you know, we always like to top themselves at a certain point when you become the biggest band in the world and you're the, uh, you know, you're at the top and people are trying to go ahead of you and you've already scaled Mount Everest at some point it would have leveled out and they wouldn't yes. have topped each other. No, you're right. Other album. And then it would have been, it, it still would have been great music. Look at all the solo stuff. I mean, it, sure. yeah, it would have been amazing music, sure. but would they have topped themselves? No, because they're at, by 1970, if they kept going, I think maybe technologically they could have topped themselves because obviously in the seventies, things got a little better, but not much after, you know, for after 68. So I don't think they would have been, they would have been like the groundbreaking Beatles anymore i think they would have been great beatles because yeah. the, again the solo songs i mean we could put together three or four albums right away of the stuff up to 73 that would have been incredible beatle albums right but, right but would have would they have been groundbreaking so it might have been heartbreaking for the beatles to just be making great music not right, us right, we would have right, loved right. it but it might have been heartbreaking for them not to be able to you know, excite themselves in the studio anymore and, and be groundbreaking. I mean, who knows? Maybe they would have, maybe they would have done stuff just like Pepper. I mean, maybe in 1971 or two, they, they would have found something to do to make it groundbreaking, but I think they would have gotten bored. Would the well, Beatles? Also, I'm sorry, yeah. Tony. No, I was going to say, would the, would the Beatles have survived? And I don't mean this in literal sense. Would the Beatles have, have thrived during Stairway to Heaven during Goodbye Olympic Road during give them six, seven years. Would they have survived rumors? Would the Beatles have survived going up against what was going to become the greatest music of the 70s? Yes. Right. Um, a well, mentality I, I, is changing among the fans, among what music was being listened to. Look at the look at the solo number ones. They were they great. Would have been up against any. Listen, I, I, you're talking about 
four people with a ton of number ones or, you know, top tens, whatever, going up against, if so, if you had now the collective of them making albums, you don't think a, a, a solo album that had the best of the solo stuff would have been as good as Rumors? I do. Well, would, would it have had the best? Would, would, Paul, would, Paul McCartney have been, would Paul McCartney have been pushed into anything? Like it would have been pushed harder. You wouldn't have gotten bip bop, and I don't mean that meanly against Paul, but no, I mean, I'm yeah. sure John would have been like, no, bip bop's not going on the freaking album. Um, and, right, but, but uh, and, then George, he, and Paul would have said, my mummy's dead's not going on the album. So, right. you know, you, you might have gotten, uh, you know, and George would have said, I don't like any of you. But I, I think, I, I do think that if you had the, you know, if they were pushing each other to be the best they can be just to outdo each other, I think they would have made some great albums that would have been just as good as, you know, any of the stuff coming out. I do. I mean, well, the, the, you know. the thing about the Beatles, their solo years, the first five years, they were very on the charts. Well, prolific. And I think that they, and that kept them from getting back together because there's no right. reason to, you know, we're all yeah. doing our, our, our on the charts with very well. You know, John had hits, Ringo had hits. Who thought Ringo was going to have hits? You know? And so I think that's part of it too. You know, they, they didn't have to get back together and then, you know, also, the other thing about the if the breakup, there's a lot of things. What if what if John and Yoko done their stuff? If yeah, well, you wouldn't have had some time in New York City, most likely, or at least God. part of it. <laughs> um, but would, would you have some I of the politics that John and Yoko did? It's one thing to do give peace a chance and instant karma and and be in, and do bed-ins and stuff, but. You know, the United States government started to investigate them and follow them. And you know, how would that affected the Beatles as a band if they were hadn't broken up and, and they were still together? Because yeah, I was going to say, in all honesty, Rob, you hit a really good point, because my feeling is honestly that. All that solo stuff still would have happened. I don't yep. I don't think that the beat I don't think that the Beatles at thing at that point with the way they were all referring to it, even the way if you look at all the reports, like the, the things in Rolling Stone, the interviews with George and John right. later, saying basically, well, you know, we're just on a break. You know, it's not like I'm on Friends. We were on a break. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, but the thought is that those solo things probably would have still happened, which may have meant that the Beatles would have been forced to either break up or take a really long hiatus anyway because of their respective legal problems. Right. No, you're right. And, and well, can you imagine this? Sorry, Rob. Let me just say no, this. Can you imagine they're together in 1971 and Ravi Shankar comes to George and says, you guys got to help me for Bangladesh. And now it's the Beatles for Bangladesh, not just George Harrison and friends. I mean, yes, it wouldn't have been as fr and friends probably if it was the Beatles, but can you imagine the Beatles Doing a concert no. for Bangladesh? No. Well, you why not? Why couldn't you no. imagine it? I, I, I they were they're still can't. together. They didn't do anything since the roof. They they know they could still play live. And if it was for a cause, and George said, "Guys, I love this man. You know, Ravi. You know, we gotta. You know, we can do. We can I, make. We could do good. And that's what the Beatles would probably yeah, get yeah. back together for. But even in if a way, we broken up. In a way, I could see that same the same thought applying. Of, of the sense of Paul thinking, you know what, Ravi came to George. George is friends with Dylan, Clapton, 
all these great people. But so would they. If we show up as the Beatles, we're gonna we're gonna overshadow George's. But banger. but I'm saying I think George go. Ravi says to George, "I have a cause for you," and George takes it back to the Beatles. Doesn't go to Dylan. He was solo at that point. He couldn't do it by himself. But if they're together, and he comes back to the Beatles and says, "Hey guys, we can do some real good now for the world and for a cause." And the guys are going to go, sure. And the Beatles well, now are the main attraction. You don't need the friends. It's interesting because it's, it is, it's that kind of thought that, you know, from the standpoint of knowing that the Beatles wanted to do good for the world and do the right thing, would they do it? It's that little question in my mind of whether or not George would want to make that a Beatles thing. I agree with that. Like, I totally agree with that. No, I, you know, I, I know where you're coming together, from. You know, well, I, th- I think what happened would, yeah, I, I don't think, know. I think what happened with George was is that he he enjoyed the solo years, I think, the best out of the four. Well, he'd have to worry about anything. He could just do what he wanted, basically. You know, I mean, Ringo was part of uh, Bangladesh, and uh, John was invited and then last minute went away. Uh, he, reportedly, he wanted Yoko on stage, and George wasn't going to do that. Uh, <laughs> Paul had already said no because, you know, they were still fighting uh, financially. So... You know, I, that's, a, that's a good point about Bangladesh. I mean, the thing about Bangladesh, you know, the Beatles could come in and out. You know, they say, okay, we're going to take a break. Oh, here's our friend Bob Dylan. He's going to sing some songs. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and you could have the Beatles and friends. The Beatles do a half hour like normal and then bring on some others. Then the Beatles come back and do a second set. And you know what, again, with you guys. and again, we're at the point, too, where, you know, if the Beatles had still existed as an entity, you know, beyond 1970, you know, would there have been, like we say, would they have done surprise shows at the Fillmore? Would there have been a 71 arena tour? Would there have been... So it may have been not, you know, oh, it's a Beatles gig. Hey, look, they showed right, up in right. the garden. Or would it have been, you know, oh my God, it's the Beatles. We, they're broke. we thought they were broke. You know, if, they, if there was no breakup, would it have just been... You know, oh, hey, the Beatles are, oh, look, man, Beatles are at. Uh, See, now I'm heartbroken cool. because the possibilities were endless. And I think for, we keep talking about the studio, but the yeah. Beatles, as an, excuse me, as an entity, if they were together, the possibilities were endless. So now I'm heartbroken. Damn well, Ray, it. you see that? You see what you've done? You've broken the hearts of three. Pe- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> three? Five, sir. Five, sir. No, Five, sir. I mean, I mean, I. I do. I, I mean, there, there are so many, there were so many interesting yeah, I mean, speculation. But, you know, but it's, a, it's, it's a lot about just the say of the band. You know, that's why the, that, you know, it took him until 1974 to, to write this, this contract, basically, basically right. fixing some things that, you know, hadn't been done before, you know, like a say in the, and, and releases and stuff like that. And, you know what? Think of th- I think of things that sometimes I notice. I like reading liner notes. When I got the dance from Fleetwood Mac, each or each member of Fleetwood Mac listed their accountant, their lawyer. <laughs> Everyone had the, a whole setup of, of legal people. You have to, and that probably would have happened with the Beatles. They would each one. You know, Paul would have the Eastmans. John would have had Yoko or whatever, and whatever, who knows yeah, who George and Ringo would have had, and they they would be the ones figuring it out and then they bring it to, you know, their guys and then they'd say, okay, we're going to settle this. And, and, and that's what I think might've happened. You know, if, you- if John didn't walk away in 75, you know, we don't know what happened. We, we do know that, you know, reportedly John was supposed to hang out with, uh, with Paul in, in New Orleans and it never happened. So, 
you know, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other story. But we also have to remember that if we're going to put the Beatles and Fleetwood Mac in the same category, the Beatles would all have to sleep with each other first, which is really <laughs> just well, a uh, creepy. Really. On the last note for this question. <laughs> no, no, Tony. For, yeah, ask George about Maureen. Um, well, no, stop. <laughs> oh, in the question, though, I, I, I think the final point would be, you know, in terms of Fleetwood Mac on the charts, if the Beatles were together and they were putting out number one albums – and 1977 came, and the best of the Beatles at that point, um, solo, you know, solo stuff, uh, uh, were a Beatle album. Would rumors have been so big? Good point. Well, not point. Funny. The Beatles are up against Fleetwood Mac. Now does it get the accolades? Because you know what? There was no one else around them th- at that point to really, you know, compete. But now we're talking about the Beatles, the biggest band in the world, competing against them. Maybe rumors doesn't get to be rumors. I have a question. You can't. It's a listener question. No, I know. All right. Well, I'm. All right. Well, I'm going to listen. No, I have a question. Um, would Sean have broken up the Beatles? Good point. Yeah, we. Uh, he he takes. He decides to step away to hang out with uh, Sean as a father. Would Sean have broken up the Beatles. Hey guys, you know what? You you've all had this. Wow. Yeah. George had. Wow, now we've just blamed the newborn. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, Sorry, man. Sean. <laughs> no, we. Anyway, we love Sean, but you know. Well, and, even Danny. Look at Danny. He was, he was born in '78, and George took off uh, when he was born. Right. That's that's a good point too. But right. You know. But they could have again, if you know, uh, all speculation. But like, we've said this before. They could easily have done solo albums and then come back and done albums as the Beatles. Where I was so going was you. You're I know. talking about rumors, and I'm like thought bubble in my head. Let's see. Um, we've got like we've got Rotogravure. We've got nothing from John. We've got you from George coming off the heels. No, of- no. no. That was thirty-three Rumor- and a third by then. Rumors was seventy-seven. Right. You're right. Yeah, thirty-three so. and a third. Seventy-seven. Yeah. We're talking about Wings at the Speed of Sound. You know, we're talking and about Harrison thirty-three and a third potentially. We're not talking about garbage here. Could you have yeah, seen so. George bringing you to the Beatles and they're still together? No. So I've got this. No, new I don't song. even see George bringing it to you. There so you and next Paul, question. Paul going, so um, are you going to write some lyrics, George? Like, are there going to be words for this? <laughs> I know those are the words. Yes, I've got you. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, right. Doesn't have any other words. No. On that, no- <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's move on to our next question. How long? That was a, we, we, that was a, a long treatment on that question. But that that's was a, a whole, question, which that's a whole show question. <laughs> well, it provoked a lot of conversation, which it's thank you, Ray. Yeah, so thank you, Ray. I don't like talking right. to these guys, but it was good. Hi, folks. This is Tony from Fab Four Free For All. As Mitch has mentioned several times, the cast of Fab Four Free For All do not profit in any way doing these shows for all of you. In fact, we actually lose money because of studio time and other production expenses. Now, we have looked into show sponsors, but for a number of reasons, we've decided it would be in the best interest of all of us, including you, our listeners, not to have sponsored ads in our shows. So, what we've done is set up a Patreon account. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that allows artists to obtain funding from patrons on a recurring basis. Now, it can be as little or as much as you think you can send to us for the work that we put into providing quality Fab Four free-for-all shows. Now, we know that we have thousands of worldwide listeners, and if each of you just contributed a dollar a month, that's just 25 cents per episode, we would have enough to retire and not have to do these shows. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. 
Seriously, though, we've gotten some great feedback from everyone about how much these shows mean to you, and we feel the same way. But it would be nice if we could break even in terms of cost so that we can continue to bring these shows to you in a timely fashion. Yeah, I know, we can be delayed every once in a while, but that's because, as John Lennon so beautifully said, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. But we do vow to make every effort to have a quality show to you every week. We only ask that everyone go and visit Patreon.com to at least check out what it's all about and to see if you can contribute a little something in return for all the hard work and effort that we put into these shows for you. Just do a search for Fab Four Free For All and tell us that you give a buck about what we do. Thanks to all of you for being such great loyal listeners. So, uh, all right, hold on while we go to our next question. Hi, guys. This is Chris McGovern from, well, I live in Sedona. I'm originally from Queens, though, so hopefully that's, that's yeah. awesome. Um, my question is about any of the music, any or all of the music pre the EMI years. Okay, obviously some of it has been released, and it's been released in different, like, types of releases, either in a box set or basically peppered all through the anthology series. Um, would you ever want to see that done in a, in a better, like, sort of solid collection? Because I've always wanted to have that and, you know, have some, some better possible recordings of the Star Club and the Cavern Club and any of the home stuff, the home recorded stuff. And basically that's all I needed to you know, touch upon. Uh, I still would love to hear Carnival of Light, too, by the way. <laughs> okay. <thank> you. <laughs> what? IA? <sighs> no, you know that's what? Gonna, that's that's, that's going to follow one. us around, guys. Yeah, it is. That's, that's going to follow us around. I think, um, to Chris's point, I, you know, it's tough because it depends. Are, are you talking to the mass fan or, you know, mass general audience Beatle fan? Or are you talking to us you know people like us beetle geeks um because if you're talking to us then yeah you know you may want to hear the star club i'm not a big fan of them but you know un unless they're cleaned up really well and um and stuff like cavern which only paul has right uh, you know unless he's willing to part with that there's not well there's no still more that's been heard by the gen than, there's still more out there quote unquote than has been heard by the general public yes but I think in order to have a, a consolidated box set of, of I'm going to say pre-Beatles, you know, and, and everybody knows what I mean, you know, just pre, you know, please. 62. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's tough. I mean, it depends on who your audience is. I don't think it would be put. I think if they did a download of it, we can hear it. I, I do think, though, that if they put out something official, it's not going to sell well um, just because it's not to the mass audience. I'd like to hear it as curiosity because you get to hear the, where the Beatles came from and what they were, you know, working towards. But I'm not so sure that they would ever do it. I, um, personally for me, I, I, I think a box set would be the way to go. I don't necessarily know that, that Apple would be the ones to do it. I think because it's pre-EMI, I mean, you know, hold a thought. Not that Apple wouldn't do a good job. No, seriously, but but I do think that if you gave it to something like a bear family, like you you almost purposely took it out of the Beatles thing, licensed from Apple, but you didn't make it an Apple product that that it wasn't like a 
the Beatles present this new part of their legacy? Like, by taking it out of Apple's hands, even though Apple would obviously be licensing it, and Apple would obviously maybe even have to approve it, but by giving it to, like, the likes of a Bear family or a group that's been doing these historic reissues where the quality is not always audiophile, it's not a thousand percent up to, you know, the standards of, you know, the stuff that's on the white album box or whatever. I think you, you, you get this stuff out there, you get it out of the gray market. You do the best possible job you can with it. Look, we've got gorgeous Cavern Club tapes now. You know, we've got this gorgeous Cavern Club stuff floating around. So it's better than it's ever sounded. They might even have better. I don't know. I don't think so. But even if you have the best bootleg that's been out there and, and you get the Deca tapes in the quality that they are on Anthology, but in their entirety, and you get the home session, which, which in its entirety, which has some really fun what home session. The, 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 the quarrymen. The quarry oh, quarrymen at home. Quarrymen right, right, home. right. Yeah. You know, it's, no, the Fidelity's not great, but the Fidelity's fun enough. I mean, I've heard stuff on Buddy Holly legitimate box sets. Yeah, that's that are right. not as, That's not as right. good. I've heard stuff on a lot of different box sets that are, eh. So I, I think it'd be fun. I, 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 think, I think one of the problems is, uh, not for us, but maybe for, the, for Apple and, and Ringo, is that Pete Best would be on the drums on a lot of this stuff. Ah, uh, there you go. And I think that might be part of it. Personally, you know, there is, um, the Bear family did do the Tony Sheridan tapes. Right. Which, which came out as a universal in the, in the States. Now, the box set that Bear family put out had this incredible uh, book, which I just want the book because the book was fantastic. It had all these pictures you never saw before, and it was really a fantastic book. Of course, it was expensive because everything the Bear family does is expensive, but they went through every tape that they could find. And, you know, they, they found the, you know, the original Pete Best drumming and then the original Bernard Purdy overdubs. Mm. And those were all included as this mono and stereo uh, a conglomeration for Tony Sheridan stuff. So the Bear family has done some stuff. And, and yeah, you're right, uh, Tony. The Bear family does a great job. On anything they touch, they sit down and, and they, they make sure it doesn't leave their hands until it's been checked a thousand times. Oh, can we find one more photo or whatever? Um, I do think that the Star Club tapes, uh, there was a bootleg that came out a few years ago, and, I, and I, I guess it was the best one around at the time. And you know what? I really enjoyed it because you can tell it was recorded on different nights because one night the microphone's all the way in the back, and then another time it's literally on stage. You hear them so much better. And plus the technology, look what happened with Hollywood Bowl. They were able to separate a lot of stuff. With the Star Club tape, they could probably do the same thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a, there's a there's a tinniness to that because the way it was recorded and how it was put together. But I would love to see the Star Club come out. Will it? I don't know. They went they went to court to stop it years ago. They haven't, and none, nothing was on the um, the anthology on the on the CD. So, uh, and then of course, um, you know, well, what else would be there? Be the Decca stuff. You know, Pete Best is on that too. So I'm not sure how Ringo would feel. Uh, we once talked about a, a while ago doing an all Pete Best box of him drumming. <laughs> the best and, of the and, Beatles, yeah. Well, also, but also, you know, the other thing is there's copyright laws in, in England and even in the States here that 
are affecting releases. And, and I've seen some gray market stuff now for the Decca tapes yeah. in Great Britain. Yeah. So I'm not sure who's the ownership of that is. You know, Rob, I think what you said, though, is key. Um, I think when you said Pete Best would be on it, now it's not a knock on Pete. I just think right, right now the Beatles have a big legacy factor, legacy kick. Right, and the right. Beatles are always going to be John, Paul, George, and Ringo. I yes. don't think there's any need to put out anything other than that to slight a beetle, especially one that's still alive. And I don't mean that in a, in a morbid tone. No, no, I, I agree with you totally. You can't upset him because, I, I, you know, is, is, is Ringo going to be in the meeting? You know that all four have to agree. Is Ringo going to be in the meeting and, and say, oh, yes, I, I don't mind that you put something out that I'm not on at all? No, you're right. Maybe, maybe he's on the cavern, you know, so, but he's not on at all, really. And he, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to allow it. So I don't think it'll ever happen. But, you know, it would be cool to have, a, like Tony said, a full box. I agree. For me, the one thing that, and we've gone, we've gone to this a couple of times, but we're talking about like, sort of like dishonoring Ringo as if there is this mysterious period that no one in the world knows about. When no. Ringo not the drummer of the Beatles. That's not the point. And the idea is that, that this is such old news and old history that, like, to have a box set where, hey, this is before Ringo. And that's, you know, you could, you could even just, and look, the truth is, if Bear Family has it, and Bear Family gets somebody independent to write a book, you know, they're going to present it as, hey, look, man, this ain't the Beatles yet. Like, not even close. This is just, this is music history we're giving you. But they're we're still not, called the Beatles, Tony. Yes, but they're not, <clears throat> no one's going to be trying to sell that package as being a new Beatles album. But then why this put the package out Beatles if it's album. not going to sell? It's not going to sell. Mitch, nothing it may sell. Say, sell a few thousand copies. Mitch, well, you know, it, part of it is not about selling sometimes. It's like I talked about just before. Sometimes it's about the copyrights to, re, the, to keep the copyrights going. And, and legally, it's about legal, legalization of some of these tapes. Then you know, um, Rob, you put it as a download, not a physical thing, so you don't spend money, and you present it as the history of the Beatles. It's so funny. I, I wouldn't do that, but I, I, you know, I can understand where you're coming from. I, you I'm know? always the one so hot and horny about downloads, and I have the exact opposite <laughs> feeling about this. My feeling okay. with this is this is this is history. This is stuff. No, it is. It is. This is stuff that you, you know, you need a, a bare family 80 page book. You need somebody really in a position to write an excellent book about these early things. You know, you got to remember you have one survivor. You, know, you have Paul who you can go to to say, you know, what do you remember about the after? Nothing. He doesn't remember the Beatles. He's going to remember the pre Beatles. Yeah. Well, really? I, yes. I think, you know, what, no. you know what? A couple of months ago, no. there was a. Um, it was on, uh, I think, the Beatles' Twitter page or something. It says, how did you get into the Beatles? And Pete Best re uh, responded, oh, Paul called me up and asked me to join the band. And a couple of days later, they actually posted it on the Beatles' site. So I thought that was a nice acknowledgement, a little bit at least, of Pete Best in these, uh, in these messenger days that we live in. So I thought it was pretty cool. Will, will they make a box set out of all of it? I mean, I would love to see it. I agree with you, Tony. I think it should be a box set, not a, a download. Uh, but I also understand how Ringo might feel. But you know what? Think of other bands that have histories. 
Jefferson Airplane before. Uh, right. Uh, oh, come uh, on. Man, it's, it's, I hate Mac before, It's uh, the Buckingham You know, it's, it, yeah, part of it is, is the history is there. Uh, right. There's but, not a but lot of he, video. He with Mac that, was a different band entirely. I know that. A different genre that. of music, different everything. That's not a good comparison. But well, it's 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 like you know having the Stones. Okay, you know Ronnie Wood comes in 1976. Right. Uh, you know, right. but he's been there forever. So that doesn't make what happened before him illegitimate. It's just part of the history. Are you disrespecting Ron Wood if you put out a Brian Jones box? No. You know, I so, mean. And that was, I mean, it, it's. I don't know. I just think that, when you're talking Beatles, it gets complicated. I think if you turned around to Ringo and said, I mean, my, my thought of Ringo. So, hey, Ringo, how do you feel about that five disc box set that came out of all the Pete Best stuff? Uh, was there a, did they do a box set like that? I didn't even know. <laughs> he would that. know. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> he would know. I, mean, would I know. don't think he would do. I think he'd. But know. I'm talking about in the interview. Or he'd go, oh, well. Great. You know, I, I wasn't there, but the other guys wanted to do it. And, you know, great. I wasn't but, there. But, you know, but would the other guys want to do it? Would Yoko and, and Olivia say yes to a box? I don't box? think, I personally don't think Yoko or Olivia would genuinely care either way. Oh, I don't. I, 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 don't, I think it's I just really history. I think right now we're trying a, to get into people's heads and psyches. I don't know. No, I, but I, I think it's a historical thing. History. I don't think it's going to sell a huge amount. But then again. Pete Best is on 10 tracks on the anthology one. You know, that so was different. That was made as his historical uh, set. Uh, right. To show the Beatles history. But I don't, I, you know, at one time event. So he's on it because he had to be on it. But now if you're talking about elective packages, outside I agree with that of exclusive of the, of anything else, I'm not so sure they want him on that. But, it's, but it's also, the idea, it's also the idea that Pete Best is, is no, no dummy. I mean, at this point, Pete's got, you know, representation. I'm sure he's been through the the anthology stuff. Pete Best and all of the other members involved know that something like this is not going to make money. It's not like anyone's going to have to be writing a big check to 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 Pete Best. The check is going to be so small that the Bear family can probably write the check to Pete Best. <laughs> I don't think. No, I. Uh, you know, no, it's not going to sell. No, but you're. You're. I'm agreeing with you. Right. It ain't going to. It's not something that's going to sell. So you put it as a down low. Nah, I mean, it, 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 there's, there's a lot of legal stuff there. I think. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, eventually this stuff is almost out of copyrights anyway. So I mean, the stuff that wasn't released you know, on anthology might be copyright out of the copyright now. So yeah, but let me ask you a question. Tab for free for all records, a five disc set. <laughs> you know what? We'd probably be the only ones who'd want to do it. <laughs> no, oh, I doubt anyway, that. I tell you, man, I, I'm nah. sure that I'm sure that there's some nut and I'm really not exaggerating. I'm sure that there's some crazy at bear family who's been calling Jeff Jones twice a week. Jeff, can we do this yet? Jeff, can we do this yet? I'm, I guarantee you. I, yeah, I, think, I, think I also his name is Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. No, Rogue's done a lot of stuff with uh, the museum there and I, well, Casbah and, yeah. and everything. So, you know, right. and 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 one more thing, there was a Best of the Beatles DVD that came out right around the anthology. Uh, it was directed by Bob Smeaton and it was uh, produced by Neil Aspinall. So they did the anthology. So there was a connection there, but it was released separately, mm -hmm. and you know. You, know, it, you, you just said one thing. It wasn't though. on Apple. It wasn't on Apple. You said one thing, Rob. What? You said 
It was produced by whom? Neil Aspinall. And Neil Aspinall is... Yes, I know that. I know, I know. know, So he's not around anymore, so there's no familial connection anymore. I I agree totally. I totally agree. Back then. It was easier. It was. I'm trying You're to right. think of exactly what Neil Aspinall was to <laughs> Nothing really. Just, just uh, come on. No, it was. We heard there was an open secret in Liverpool, but not out here. <laughs> not gonna, I'm not going to touch that joke with it. All right, let's go to the next one, can we? Yeah, what's let's, the next one? <laughs> let's go to our next listener question. We may end up getting three in this show instead of the usual five. So. All right, hold on. But they're all good. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, let's go to the next question. Hi, guys. This is uh, Dave Thomas from Poughkeepsie. Um, I heard someone today refer to the Beatles' lunchbox as the Holy Grail, and I thought, gee, that's not a Holy Grail for me. I, I, I don't really have any desire to own one of those. But I was just wondering, I guess everybody has their own thing that they'd really like to have in their collection. What's one piece of Beatles memorabilia that has eluded you but you'd love to have in your collection? Thanks. Bye. Wow. Actual actual master tapes that might have walked out of the EMI? No, I think you need memorabilia. Ringo's toothbrush. Don's tooth. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, real real memorabilia, you know, like toys and and all that crap, paraphernalia that have eluded me. Um, Can this include records, though? uh, Sure. Okay. Sure. I mean, look, I collect picture sleeves. So to me, the one, the one holy grail of picture sleeves, I mean, obviously it's the, you know, the ask me why a VJ promo one that's worth $10,000. I'm not talking about that. I mean, yeah, I'd love to have it. But realistically, and I could afford it. I just don't want to pay for it. That You know, there is the George Martin Hard Day's Night sleeve. It's blue. Um, that yeah. costs about 500 bucks. Am I willing to pay 500 bucks for a piece of paper? No. Not at this point, especially, you know, with the environment, the way we are in this current moment. I, I don't think I want to spend even 500 bucks no matter what. I'm getting older and, and, you know, I got kids going to college and stuff. But if it's memorabilia, you know, I, I had the Beatles record player. I never had the box with it. I probably had the box and threw it out in a minute. But I'd like to have that. That would be a cool piece to have just to display somewhere, you know, open up the record uh, open it up, and, and even if you just put I want to hold your hand on the player and never play it, you know, it, it would just be like a, almost like a museum thing where, you know, this is what started me and that's that. That that eludes me at the moment. Okay. Interesting. Tony, I'll let you go next. Or do you want me to go next? No, I'm going to let you go next. Okay. Um, I'm not a memorabilia guy, so it's it's I don't have much memorabilia. I have like I have more records and tapes and, and stuff like that. And books. You know, I have a lot of books, too, including the great book Beetle Tunes by Mitch Axelrod. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so to me, the, the one I, I look back when I've seen the books and they have the pictures, I've always liked the flip your wig game. And, I, I mean, I know that's not a big, costly thing probably out there, but I've that's always – and, and I wouldn't play it, but I always liked the design of it. And, and that's yeah. something where you – you take the board and you frame it and you put it on the wall, you know, like sort of like a Candyland thing, you know, where you, you see the shoots, oh, I don't think I can, you know, shoots and ladders. You know, you always, as a kid, I always imagined I was actually climbing the ladder, even though I'm, you know, <laughs> six or something. So I, w- I would say that also, and, and I found out from talking to Bruce Spicer 
it's easier to find than we think. The the butcher cover. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a, there's a lot more out there than we think, um, and they're probably easier to find than everyone still costly talks about. It's a little costly. It, you know, depends on how you peel it. Um, well, the, a, yeah, I would keep it. Course, yeah. Actually, at this point, I wouldn't peel it. Yeah, well, the, the a lot guy, more uh, that are not that are peeled, and right. that's the problem. And and yeah, they 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 screw up because you you go too fast, you know. So right. I I would like the butcher cover just for that. But then when they did the American CDs and they included the butcher cover in there, okay, yeah, even though it wasn't the best picture, they they probably had better copies of it that they could have taken from. But um, I <laughs> I I I've always liked the butcher cover for that reason. But I've never been a big memorabilia fan. I mean, I I like the 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 turntable thing, but I'm sure if I'd actually had it, I probably would have destroyed it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> There'd be no needle, you know. I would have broken the the arm by mistake or something, or you know. So it's been small, yeah, doing that, of course. Yeah, so you you don't think about that stuff. So uh, to me, the that would be my two things of memorabilia that that I guess I would want. You know, Tony, let me to, just. Let me tell you one, add to mine one quick second, then I'll let you have the floor, Tony, if you don't mind. The only thing I would say is, and it's not always costly stuff, when I'm on eBay and I see items, it could be $5 that take me back to my childhood. I mean, directly back, you know how it smells sometimes? You, right, you know, oh my right. God, it just took me back to Howard Beach in 1968. Um, when I see certain things like, uh, you know, the little pin back, the green duck one inch beetle buttons that I used to put a nickel in the thing and it used to come out in the capsule. You know, they're not that costly right now, but if it reminds me of my childhood, I like it. So sometimes I pick those up um, just to, just to, you know what, if I'm feeling blue one day, I just, you know, I, I look at it and it brings me back to a great time in my life when I was a kid. Well, so it doesn't always have to be like the quote, holy grail of like expensive beetle stuff. It could be a $5 item that takes me right back to childhood. I have to turn it one more thing because he just brought up something. You, you guys know Wings Over America is where I became a fan. How many copies that I have? I have like nine copies of it. <laughs> if, but if I find it cheap enough and it's like on different labels or it has the original poster or something, or it's in really good shape, but it's inexpensive, I'll buy it again. Even though I have, you know, all those versions, because you're right. Certain records remind you of certain times. And, Wings over America would be one of those. Beatles at the Hollywood Bowl. Were you mowing lawns for that? Uh, no, my father gave it to me because oh, right. I, I did a spring cleanup. Oh right, because he said he said pay me cash. I goes, well, get me Wings over America. So and he did. He didn't. He, you know, he didn't find the the phony Wings over America, which there was a phony's Wings album out there at the time. So <laughs> I was very I'll, lucky with that. I'll give you another copy of Wings over America. You'll come and help me clean up my lawn. After. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, 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 the offer is there, Tony. Awesome. This is I used to be a landscaper. Thing. You know that. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's really funny because I kind of fall in a, in a weird place. I don't collect memorabilia, um, but, it, but it's like one of these things where um, I look at some of the, the records that are sort of memorabilia. Uh, uh, you know, if you, what I wish I had more than the Holy Grail was the room to display the Holy Grails. Yeah, like, that's true. To me, it's not about having, like, it's not about the items I want. It's, it's being able to get those items and then actually have them be able to be exhibited. Um, I've seen some countertop displays <sighs> that are absolutely 
Yeah, like, you put buttons in them. And, gorgeous. And, yeah. and if I had, you know, if I had a home with with a mantle or a a bar or something like that to put them on. Yeah. You know, great. Um, I am envious of people who have beetle rooms. Yes. I mean, Ricky Glover, just as he's doing these great videos every week, he shows a beetle room and I just salivate. And and it's yeah. not even, like yeah. you said, Tony, it's not even the fact that he has everything that I want because I do want to go in his room and steal everything. Yeah. But it's not the fact. It's the fact that he has them displayed so well. You realize and, if he ever gets robbed, this is on video. I know, I know. <laughs> but you know what? You just pointed down to Rob and said robbed. So no, you no, 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 no. <laughs> I said if he ever gets robbed. No, but you're right, Tony. If it, you know, even those little buttons I have, they're, they're in, my, you know, in my credenza. Yeah. No one can see them because yeah. I don't have room as it is. My wife doesn't want me in the room, let alone Beatles stuff. So, you know, you're right, though. If you could have places to you know, exhibit your stuff, whether it's a $5 piece or a $5,000 piece. Yeah. That actually is a great idea. I, I, I would like that too. I mean, truth be told, things I can think of right away. I mean, and, and again, it's not something you just like put up with two thumbtacks, but you know, I have a couple of let it be boxes. I don't have one with a poster. Oh, and, and even I've got to be honest, even if I bought the repro of the poster, you know, and put it up, like just little things that are meaningful right. to me in their way. Uh, and again, you bring to mind, like to me, my biggest piece of memorabilia is any orange and yellow swirl Capital 45. That I put that yep. on a turntable and watch that go around and I'm five again. You yep. know? Um, I'll, I'll buy those if I see them, if they're cheap enough. I, I don't even yeah. think about it, even though I have them all. But so, so. so for me, I think in terms of, of memorabilia, I think it's going to be um, the, 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 our first four. I love that. I love that packaging, that yeah. cool, our first four package. Yeah, well, you got to tell people, it's for those who don't know, 1968 Apple. Yeah, the first four Apple singles, which was what, Thingamabob, um, those, those were the, were the days. days. Hey Jude. Um, hey Jude. And Sour Milk Sea. And Sour Milk Sea, right, thank you. So those, those four singles in like a fold-up package. And yeah, that, that, that's cool. The, to get that, that in really nice shape, that goes for some money and – I would want one that, that looked like it just, it just came out of the, you know, yeah, good um, luck. yeah. Would I, would I like to have a couple of, um, would I like to have maybe a couple of legitimate New York venue tickets? Um, yeah, that would be nice. It would be nice to have a, a Forest Hills ticket. A full um, ticket uh, for the Ed Sullivan show. Right. Or, right. or the Washington right. concert, which I've seen those. Perry Cox had auctioned them on eBay. And, uh, the, you know, they go for stupid money. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you never see a full one. Um, well, but, I, I got to ask you guys a question about memorabilia. Does it matter if, if you know it's reproduced? Does it matter to you? It yeah, depends. I mean, yeah, I mean, if it's if a piece of cardboard that says it's the Forest Hills ticket. But if it was done the yeah. same way. Like, no, uh, there was... It, you can tell when it's not. You can. Oh, tell. sure, I know, I know that. But uh, there was that John Lennon book a, a few years ago that John right. Hickey did, and they had yeah. reproduction of tickets and stuff and and Beetle other Park. things. Oh. Yeah, so that was that was I thought a great idea, and I would love to see something along that lines with you know the the baseball you know the trading cards and stuff. Well, someone can't afford kind of cool. it, right, Rob? If someone can't afford something like Beetle cards and they get five in that book or three. Right. I think in that book and yeah. you want to put them in the display like you were talking about a nice display it's a cheap way to do that without you know breaking the bank sure you right. still get the look of things so i think sure. that's cool yeah, yeah. 
And one more thing I would love, you were talking about the first four. There was an Italian interview disc that Apple put out yeah. only for Italy or something in 68. I would, I've never heard it. I would love to get a copy of oh, that. It was, a, it was a promo thing. I'll send Released you. around the same time as the first four. I'll send you the files. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I, I don't even know. What, and it's a, it's a disc? Internazionale. Yes. The, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Like that. Yeah. All right, cool. So, Good right, question. Cool. Good question. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Um, and all right. Um, so we do I one more. We good for the At least. Let's get, let's get to another question. Hi, guys. It's Eric from Franklin Square. Thank you for doing another call-in show. They're always excellent. Uh, my question is, um, what do you think is the Beatles' worst performance uh, on a released recording uh, as a group? You have oh, wow. Paul's best vocals, Paul's worst vocals, show with George's best guitar solo, worst guitar solo. What do you think is the worst performance by the Beatles as a group in a uh, released recording. Thank you for your time, and I uh, look forward to your answer. Take care. Wow. <laughs> By the way, thank you, uh, Eric. Your check's in the mail. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, I think no, everybody knows my answer, but that's all right. I do know your answer. but what I you, know. Don't say it. What's funny about this question is that <laughs> – it, 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 it's so different about the Beatles' worst performance versus, like, my least favorite Beatles song. Correct. It's Good different. Point. Oh, it's different. Which is really oh, yeah. Odd. No, you're right. Like, I, I know what my least favorite Beatles song is, but it's definitely not their worst performance. No, not at all. Huh. Where should Tony, I... you go first. No, I, I – because I I'll, – I'll go first because – it, it, I, I'm not sure how it affects the performance, but you know something like "Slow Down," where John sings the wrong verse in, in the in the in the song, or but does uh, he? Does he, Rob, does he? Because it's double tracked. One says yeah, one, one says the other. Yeah, but yeah, one yeah but is, it's still yeah, wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dizzy Miss Lizzie, George gets lost in the guitar. Um, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> you know uh, what you're doing. They get lost in there. That's uh, mine. I know, but <laughs> and you got mine too. Is, the thing is, you know, my question is, why didn't they just go back and fix it at that time? Were they that fast in the recording that they were in a rush and they had to get the hell out of the studio? I mean, I never understood why. I know, not mind you, none of these were, well, actually, please, please me, the stereo version. Exactly. Please, please yeah. me. How do you not fix that? They're yeah, so starting their album. I know they did it in eleven hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> you you should have went back and fixed that. And and that's the thing. I mean. There was, there's a lot of little mistakes like that, which actually add to the charm of the Beatles. There was now also it some, does. There was also some playing mistakes, which now is considered a smart move musically. You know, they, you know, Paul <laughs> hit the wrong note on a bass, but then, oh, that doesn't fit, but it does it's fit. Brilliant. You know? Yeah, yeah so, brilliant. Paul's playing so, jazz. Mm, yeah. Jazz. <laughs> so I, I think based on how they recorded and how fast they were in and out of the studio on, on so many songs that they let not be fixed. You know, I, I, that, that I never understood, but it, it that never really bothered me as much as maybe it might bother other people. You know? Oh, worst performance. I mean, I, I just can't stand what you're doing. I don't like it. I don't like it as a song. 
I like the fact that Ringo plays timpani because I'm a drummer. <laughs> but other than <laughs> that, I, I mean, again, it's so sloppy. It, you know, it, it, it could is. have been a really cool song, but, you know, to have John and George in the background just going, bleh, 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 whatever they're saying, <laughs> it's not, I mean, they do song. actually do it the right way, like once and together on what they're talking about uh, or singing about. But that song to me is, is just, sort of like a throwaway if anything is an album track and people are going to disagree with me like crazy but it's not my worst fa- it's not my least favorite song it's just my least favorite performance like eric wants to hear right. i don't want to hear maybe but um you know there are there are things if you listen carefully like even can't buy me love you know the solo under the solo you know that right that right leads in is not right but you hear the regular solo so again it's brilliant it's the beatles um, but that's not great. But the performance of Can't Buy Me Love is an amazing performance in general. Um, but there are little things under there. Again, Dizzy Miss Lizzie, one of my least favorite songs as well. And George's um, guitar uh, mishap. He uh, gets lost. Yeah, he does. But I don't think there's any, like, like I don't think there's a, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a bad Ringo performance on a Beatles song. Like, I can't think of one that you go... Well, oh, it, it depends on... This goes back to one of our other episodes. This depends on whether we're just talking about the initial first release catalog or talking no. about including... No, we're talking about... No, no, no. I mean... You've got to talk about released, regular release the can, catalog. Yeah, the, the If canon, you're talking about yeah. an anthology, that's, that's, you know, everything could be... Well, but I'm talking about, you know... finding their way. You know, if you've got troubles, whatever you want to No, no, we're talking about the release catalog. I, I mean, I guess, you know, you're right. I mean, Rob, you brought up a great point that maybe turned me around on that. Well, you're right. Dizzy Miss Lizzie is my least favorite Beatles song, but it very well, it's not a great, there are mistakes in the performance, which I just realized too. I mean, that's right. There's, there's issues with the performance. But itself. John's vocal is so incredible on it. I mean, he is so possessed on that song. Same with Slow Down. He they, is, but I, I find... John's greatest rock and roll vocals. But I find the song boring. I always... Well, found. that's different. That's a, you know, that's a choice of song. I always found the song boring. It's Correct. A, yeah. Does he do a great vocal performance? Yes, but it's... it's it just... It, maybe it is their worst performance. I feel like it plods. Yes. I feel like it plods. I don't Dizzy know Miss if Lizzie. maybe maybe you're talking maybe about Dizzy Miss Dizzy Lizzie. Miss Lizzie. Okay. I don't know if maybe Ringo could have changed up a little bit. It's hard because it's I don't the song think he. So, I don't. Yeah. The song it's, is, it's just four four. You can You really there's not nothing you can, can really do. do in terms of fills, and he does fills. He does. Maybe maybe if the mix was better. I mean, I think the problem with a question like this is, it's it's not always just about the performance. Um, if, if, if the stereo version of Slow Down didn't have the other vocal in it, you know, it wouldn't be a bad performance. It, it would, you know, it would be okay if you didn't have that double track vocal. Right. Well, then, you know, is Please Please Me a bad performance because of the double track vocal that's, that's wrong? No, but... Um, the harmony vocal that's wrong, whatever? It, it, so it's not the Beatles' worst performance. It's... It's, it's a production decision that renders it a, a, a Beatles song with an issue. Oh, that's a good title. That's a good show title. 
a Beatles show with issues. <laughs> like, that's us. Like, that's us. We're a Beatles show with issues. <laughs> and I'm Beatles songs with issues. <laughs> Beatles song has issues. Oh, <laughs> Fat Paul Free For All in a nutshell. Beatles song with issues. Yeah, man. Just but, ask but, other people. Though I have to say, Tony, the, the version on Hollywood Bowl of Dizzy Miss Lizzie, um, John is very possessed live, and they and he does get the the guitar parts right, George. So that's true. Uh, yeah, so it's it, it, it's it's interesting how some songs were allowed to have mistakes on them and others weren't. Well, then you know, again, if you're talking about a live performance, every time George did, I saw her standing there. It was a different solo. It was. <laughs> it was. I don't you're think right. it was the same one once. I mean, I don't know how he did it. You so know, well, in this. One point, remember when they were going through that, when Paul says to him, you call that a solo? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so when he did it live, I, I could see Paul like looking at him going, oh, crap, which one's he doing today? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they all worked, most of them, but it wasn't the same. I mean, it just wasn't. Oh, so, amazing. Amazing when you think about that. I yeah. mean, can, can, you, um, can you look at something like, I mean, I don't know. Can you hear the bass I can't remember. I'm just. Do you hear bass mistakes in in Long and Winding Road? I know there's always like. But but Paul overdubbed John's part, didn't he? No, he did right? No, no, no. That's why the strings were put in there partly. Okay. Well, I know. The, what well, what was mistakes. it? Was it Let It Be? That was Long I remember Road. John did, or two of us. No, I think it's Long and Winding Road. Long One and of them, Road, John's John playing the bass. bass, and I think yeah. Paul yeah. went back and overdubbed it. He did. No, okay. I, I thought. I well, maybe he, he I did, but I thought that's maybe, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why the strings were put on it. Oh, I'm wrong. Um, okay, that's right. But then again, the version that's on an, the anthology, which is the version without the strings, is clean. Sound bad. It's you know. It's so it, it's. But you're not concentrating on the bass. Yeah, it's not sure. a song I mean, you long, would no, on. No, it's not like you got all wow, about what a great like a James Jameson bass. Yeah, no, it's, it's 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 basic boom. That song's yeah. not all about the bass. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, so it's really hard. It's hard to say. I mean, isn't it funny how that big catalog, we picked on two songs. Like, we, we well, and we all hit on those, and well, three, yeah, a couple of additional ones. But other than that, I can't, oh, you know what's another one that's, that's just not a favorite song, and I don't know whether or not they could have. What's that? Maybe P.S. I Love You. But that's not even Ringo drumming. Oh yeah, good point. Well, he's 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 on. Uh, I know he's on. Yeah, but he's um, not drumming. Again, the arrangement of the song is a little. Well, I don't think that's a bad performance at all. Actually, no, I, think I, 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 best I always thought it needed that one. one. I I always thought it needed another verse because it just that's sort of repeated. Even it was, it just needed another yeah. verse. right. But it's not a bad yeah. performance at all. No, I'll never forget. You know, I'll never forget a long time ago that you know they used to have all of the, the Beatles A to Z every year, or whatever, um, and on every radio station on Memorial Day, whatever it was. And my mother, my mother, God rest her, she would, she would, she looked at me one day and she was going through the A, she loved listening to it. She would just listen to A to Z, you know? And so all of a sudden she, she calls me in the room at one point, we were outside like swimming or something. And she called me in and she's like, I have a question for you. I'm like, why? She goes, a taste of honey. Really? <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's I was like, funny. What, mom, she's like, that's really? really Did they need to do that? <laughs> That's really, really funny. So she no, wasn't saying it was a bad performance, no. but she, you know, she, it was a bad choice maybe. But on, and on that note too, another one that, that strikes me where I don't know if it's a bad performance or if I just always feel a little 
about it is for some reason the studio version of words of love the studio version of words of love i always felt a little because well, they, uh, they do it in a if they would have raised the key you know i know what they were doing to emulate buddy but yeah you know, it's it's hold me close and so it almost sounds like it's a plotting song well they're also doing the hold me close and yeah, well know, they're, they're well, doing, they're, the buddy they're doing holly. their buddy holly person yeah which maybe yeah. if they've not done that i would have thought it was a better performance yeah, who knows i, I don't mind the three of them going in harmony hold me close but it is good harmony it is, but but the well, yeah, but the kinda, the live at the BBC, I don't think has they as don't much do that. life. Right, you're right. No, I don't think right. it has as much life. Yeah, it's a little thinner. It's like tinnier, so to it speak. It is, but I think I, for some reason I ended up liking that version better. Interesting. Okay, well, you know, you're right. wrong. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. We we we've we've gotten yeah. some really fun questions. We've got a ton more. Yeah, um, we'll do this again. We will definitely do this again. I love question shows. Yeah, the question shows are a blast. Um, yeah, we've got it. some, you know. Uh, we've it's got... like we invite them over to our house, but we don't actually have to come over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't even invite us to your house, Rob. Yeah, really. You know. That's I mean, true. I, you guys haven't been to my house. Well, no, we have not. So next week, we're, we're going to post <laughs> Rob's address. And we're all going to go to Rob's. No, we're doing the Zoom live from Rob's house. Live from no, Rob's house. But we're all going to be in masks. And, no, I'm kidding. Um, rob a bank. Rob a bank. Um, but seriously, yeah, I mean, this, these, are, these are always fun. And, yeah, this, um, this is great. You know, so uh, I guess that's it from us for, for this. Yeah, this is a long show, but you know what? And we got what four questions? Yeah, yeah. that's. But wild. next time we promise we'll get at least four more. Four questions. <laughs> Just one more thing. Uh, we talked about Ricky Glover and his collection. Yep. There's a guy on YouTube called Mean Mr. Mayo who yep. also goes through his collection. Hey Joe, and he has a lot of interesting stuff. He he doesn't have memorabilia more than he has records, records and other yeah. things like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. he does a good show on uh, yeah. on YouTube. So just to let you know. Yeah, I, I'll tell you the truth. I was I was. Thinking of doing that, it's just going on. We we should all have fun with that at some point. Just play show and tell on Zoom. I would love that, that. As a show. That would just show you know, pick some stuff and go. What about this? You know? I could show you a lot of Beatle cartoon stuff actually. That uh, you know, not, I mean, not I have cells and stuff. I'm not bringing them down to show you. But there was a lot of you know, advertising stuff that no one's ever seen. You know, in in trade magazines and and cool licensing stuff that no one's seen. I would love to show one day. Fun. Fun. Oh, cool. Anyway. Well, okay. maybe for a future episode of Fab Four Free For All. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, I, I'm Tony Chiguardo. I've been your moderator for this week's Listener Calls episode. And I would like to thank my dear friends for joining me. And they are... Rob Leonard. Oh. Well, <laughs> he pointed to me, Rob. <laughs> oh, I, I, I see, I, I'm oh, Rob Leonard. My screen's different. Than I'm Rob Leonard. Leonard. No, I'm Mitch Axelrod. And I'm Tony Chiguardo. We will see you all soon. Take care. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Stay safe. Rob, stay, stay safe. Stay safe. Okay, good. <laughs> Too late. Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album, Digital Retro, and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All. <laughs>